Hi, this is Dr. MJ coming to you from beautiful Boston, Massachusetts. This is the Women in Dentistry podcast where we feature women in dentistry making waves and leading the industry through the next decade. I am your host, Dr. Mary Jane Hanlon, a former dental assistant, dental hygienist, and now dentist. I am very pleased to introduce you today to Ms. Lauren Geitz. Lauren is the founder and president of Airway Health Solutions. She also graduated from the State University of New York in Farmingdale in 1991 with postgraduate training in oral facial myofunctional therapy from the AOMT in 2013. Lauren has always been passionate about comprehensive care and the ever-evolving landscape of dental hygiene, dentistry, and orthodontics. She is driven by helping people breathe, sleep, and thrive. She's been fortunate during her career to have multiple roles in the dental industry, starting out as a chairside assistant at age 15. She later became an RDH, receiving the prestigious 2010 Sunstar RDH Award-winning recipient for her work in interdisciplinary collaboration. She's the founder of Airway Health Solutions, along with Dr. Ben Maraglia, in 2018 to provide dental professionals and education, the education, training, and resources needed to screen, treat, and implement airway health into their practices. You can find Lauren as an influence of airway health on Airway Health Solutions Facebook, Instagram, new airway chats, and the video blogs on YouTube. It is now my pleasure to bring you to my interview with Ms. Lauren Geitz. Lauren, thank you so much for agreeing to be with us today. We're so excited to hear more about your story and how you get into dentistry. So if you wouldn't mind, if you could just tell us a little bit about your background and how you entered the field and what you're doing now. Terrific. And thank you so much for having me. Um, Actually, Ann Duffy recommended that I reach out to you and that I must know MJ. (laughs) So uh, shout out to um, Ann Duffy for connecting us. She's an amazing woman. Yes. And she's uh, certainly, I'm sure she'll come up in this conversation at some point when we talk about inspiration. But my journey actually began a long, long time ago. So I'll try to make it as brief as possible and succinct, if you would. I was a dental assistant at age 14, actually. Mm -hmm. And I was recruited as a waitress in a country club for one of the doctors who worked there with his family. And he said, you know, I just think you'd really make a great fit in their office. He'd make the, you know, the um, patients comfortable. So for me, it was a no brainer. You know, I went, I was from the McDonald's drive through to a nice office where I felt professional, you know, 14, 15 years old. So I really wasn't Uh, drawn to dentistry per se. In fact, I remember one of my earliest memories after having my own cleaning as a child was how could people stick their hands in people's mouth all day long, you know, so I wasn't like a dental geek. I wasn't like the elf on, you know, Rudolph, where I knew I'd always want to be a dentist. But what I really was addicted to, I would say was helping people. And so for me, it was a natural progression. Once I learned dental, I was comfortable with that skill set. So I wanted to enhance it. And that's when I went to dental hygiene school and graduated in 1991. And I was torn at that time between communications or dental hygiene. And it's funny how this career has really given me a little bit of everything. Like here we are on the podcast, you know, it's kind of full circle. 
you know, I love teaching and now I get to teach and I love, you know, all of the things that are so beyond the dental chair that have really come full circle. And I encourage everybody who's listening that you can make the profession whatever you want to make it. There's so many avenues and it can be exciting as long as you're excited about it. (laughs) Absolutely. So how did you get into airway health? So that's a big jump and that's more recent. So basically from dental hygiene uh, 1991, I was practicing and I still practiced up until March of 2020, pre-COVID, I was working in Manhattan, but I was always into comprehensive care. And to me, the definition of comprehensive care changed over time as I learned more about it. So it progressed from you know hygiene school to caries-free, perio-free, oral cancer-free, that progressed to the oral systemic connection, which was really exciting and still is exciting. Then I learned all about malocclusion and just the, the detriment of traumatic occlusion on the mouth with perio, with, with all of the conditions that we tend to see on a daily basis as a result of malocclusion. But then um, I later joined Align Technology in the GP education. There was a big jump from clinical to, to corporate, but that's where I met Dr. Ben Moralia. And while I was so entrenched in malocclusion and so passionate about it, malocclusion is stemmed from underdevelopment of the yes. jaws. So how, why, or why are we all underdeveloped? So I'm a curious soul. I always have been, you know, I like to ask why until you can't ask why anymore. And really the bottom line is malocclusion is caused from the underdevelopment of the jaws and that's caused from soft tissue dysfunction. So I advanced my education and was certified in um, oral facial myofunctional therapy through the AOMT in 2013. I didn't practice it. I just wanted to learn more about it because I was in corporate at the time, but I was fascinated by the whole thing. And then learning Dr. Moralia's teachings, working firsthand, just in the malocclusion bucket, we touched a little bit with Airway Adeline Technology in our courses that we built, but we were kind of stifled, you know, and we were able to really branch out when we went on our own and really talk about airway and how we got here, how we can actually expand the dental arches really at any age. And my love is prevention. How can we prevent malocclusion, underdevelopment, sleep disorder, breathing, and then all the uh, the, uh, maladies that go along with that? That is awesome. You know, I I am so glad that you brought up malocclusion and I'm so glad that you brought up myofacial function. I think that both, there's so many topics missing from the dental school and dental hygiene school curriculum that, you know, are on the outskirts of traditional thinking that absolutely positively have to be brought into the curriculum. To this day, I'm astonished that that there hasn't been more movement in that direction and more expectation that we teach a broader range of of topics and what we're learning. All of this is evidence-based. And if that's the case, why aren't we teaching it? You know, I know part of the reason is we don't have the room in the curriculum, but are there things that are outdated that can go away with this new addition? So really critical Absolutely. questions. I have to give um, NYU kudos because they have me as a guest lecturer every year and I lecture to their senior class 
Um, and it's really fun to have the seniors, you know, the spring semester to get, to get it while they're fresh, while they're going to go out. And they actually have an advantage in the job force that they have an education on clear aligners on, um, you know, I guess malocclusion beyond angles, class one, class two, class three, mm -hmm. you know, a really deeper understanding of it. Right. Well, that's, that's certainly a beginning step. It's kind of like business. You know, we don't have the room in the curriculum to teach a, a full breadth of business education that we'd like to teach, but we have to give them the opportunity to experience it. So, you know, how, how do we do that and make sure that they have this education before they leave and enter the, the private practice realm? I think that's the question that really needs to be answered. Yeah, rather than addressing all the symptoms at take, that's timely, right? right? It's like, okay, it's like almost like whack-a-mole. Okay, well, if you have cold sensitivity, we're going to do, you know, um, a, a fluoride varnish, or we're going to do a class five buckle composite, or all the symptoms. But if we just took the time to understand the root cause, most of it, the, the lowest common denominator many times is under development. Well, interesting that you say that because you can say the same same thing with biofilm and the the precipitation of cardiovascular disease or you know high blood pressure. You know, if we were just testing the saliva on a regular basis, you know, we would know that much more and be able to treat the patient at the symptom and not at the symptoms, but at the precipitating factor rather than you know treat the symptoms when they arise. Absolutely, and it always blows my mind when I have so many aha moments when I'm teaching this, whether it's to new students or seasoned hygienists, you know, 30 years out, where all of a sudden they connect the dots with occlusal disease, periodontal disease, bruxism, you know, TMD, migraines, all of it, you know, where it all comes together where, you know, now they have to think twice about recommending just the night guard, you know, maybe we need to get to the, to the root cause because yeah, night guard will help the symptoms, but it's certainly not going to get to the root cause. And it's not going to eliminate the problem, right? And isn't that why our patients come to see us is to eliminate the problem and improve their life. So I do think we have a really huge responsibility to ensure that that happens. And so, you know, the onus is on us individually as practitioners to make sure that we continue our education. Same with hygienists. I mean, I envision that you know, we don't need another mid-level provider. What we need is higher educated dental hygienists that can provide services to our patients that are necessary, like saliva testing, like, you know, blood draw and help diagnose, well, with the doctor, of course, diagnose symptoms that might be related to what they're seeing in the mouth. So often, so many things happen in the mouth and that we know that this is not quote unquote normal. And we do refer to the primary care physician because we know that there's an issue. We don't know exactly what it is, but you know, at least we, we can address it and see the changes in the mouth and help these patients before you know, they, they actually have any, any detrimental effects. Unfortunately, though, a lot of the primary physicians don't understand the connection <laughs> with the oral systemic connection either. So sometimes it's the blind leading the blind. And ideally, what I, I tr humbly believe that our whole healthcare would change if everyone just addressed the oral cavity as its own entity and not so much as focusing on the teeth, but be mouth doctors, as Dr. Liao would say, or oral physicians, you know, and take care of the whole oral cavity. 
I truly believe you're you're on the right track. And I, I think that we should be the primary physicians of the medical system. You know, people come to see us much more often than they see any general primary care physician. They see us all the time. They see us twice a year for cleanings. They see us in the in the grocery store. They see us downtown walking with our kids. You know, we're part of the community. We live there. We work there. We, we're involved with our communities. Many physicians, you don't say the same. They're involved in a hospital, which is not part of the community that where people are actually living and working and being every day. I do believe that, you know, we need to get medicine to understand that the teeth are not separate from the body. They do belong in the body and that they are a contributing factor. So, you know, obviously a message for another day, but we definitely are aligned in on the same path because I truly believe that hygienists can do more, assistants can do more, and dentists can do more, and that dentistry is a specialty of medicine. It is not anything separate. It is a specialty of medicine, and it's time that our medical colleagues open their eyes and, and realize that we can support them. I mean, no better time than now because COVID-19 has impacted everybody, and they're on the front lines. Let them be on the front lines. Let us help support them. There's more consumer or patient uh, awareness. I can't tell you how many patients reach out to me and I host these airway conversations that I, I live stream on Facebook. So it's open to anybody and patients are savvy about this. You know, it's not rocket science that they can't understand the connection and these symptoms that they struggle with for years. And if they're oxygen deprived and if they can't, you know, get that reparative sleep that they need, they're not gonna function well. And, you know, the earlier you can catch it, the more effective we are in helping humans have a healthier lifestyle. So that's what really what is empowering as a, as a healthcare professional is you can really be one of the most important part of your patient's healthcare team if you choose to be. Absolutely. And that's that no true words have been said if you choose to be, right? So I think that the responsibility does lie with us in making sure that we keep our education up and push ourselves to be educated at the highest level so we can support the, the health and safety of our patients, without a doubt. Mm -hmm. So your journey has traversed a lot of terrain in dentistry. Yep. And so what do you find is your favorite part? It's really what, where I am now, what I'm doing now, the education. Um, when I say education, I still love patient education. I just love connecting the dots, getting those aha moments, helping people feel empowered, whether it's in their career, whether it's in their health, whether it's in their lifestyle. That is what I can't wait to wake up every morning and get to work. You know, I actually went back to clinical after being a corporate for five years, and it was more of a choice. I really didn't have to you know, per se, for financial reasons, I really needed to because I'm a big component of walking the walk and talking the talk. And yeah. I learned about airway when I wasn't in clinical. So all my conversations as a hygienist were geared towards comprehensive care up to the point that I was aware of with malocclusion, oral systemic health. I didn't know anything about airway. So I actually went back for um, about two years and, and implemented these airway conversations that I'm teaching on. And I can't tell you how appreciative the patients are. Sure. You know, they, you know, pre-COVID, they hug you after your appointment. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, I'm sure everyone has this, they know when you connect with someone, it's a powerful force that I felt exhausted at the end of the day, not from the physicality of it, but just the giving 
you know, the, the giving of it all, you know, the, uh, the emotional part. So that's the part where even if I hit lotto and it wasn't, you know, COVID right now, I worked in, in Manhattan, I would still go once a day as a volunteer because that, that's how much you can enjoy it by making a difference. Absolutely. And I do think that, that many of us miss the hugs because <laughs> you were so used to getting them and, yeah. and seeing our colleagues and stuff. And I've had enough of this elbow stuff, you know, like I don't want to do elbows. So what is the big, uh, single best piece of advice you have received and what do you give as advice to others? So first share with us the biggest piece of advice that you ever got. The biggest piece I think would have to be from my my mom and my grandma and just my lineage is to thine own self be true. I mean, it's so mm-hmm. basic, but if you can get down to the lowest common denominator, if you're not true to yourself, you can't be true to anyone. So that would kind of be like my my lowest lowest common denominator. Then more inspirational. Um, actually, believe it or not, Woody Allen had a great quote. He goes, "The secret to success." He said, "That's easy. Just show up." And there's so much behind just show up because you have to conquer fear. You have to conquer embarrassment. You have to conquer, you know, the imposter syndrome. You have to conquer all these demons in your head or just even the physicality of being somewhere that maybe you've never flown before, or maybe, you know, so many things go go behind just show up. So then the other mantras come into play and that would be you, you attract what you're ready for. Ah, very good you know, if this is showing up in my life and I'm getting that feeling, that feeling, embrace it because that's your opportunity for growth. Whenever you get that uh, feeling, embrace it. That's the new comfort zone is to be uncomfortable because that's where all the fun is. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree with you more. That's awesome. And did you find that when you were younger and growing up that you had a lot of confidence or was that something that was instilled along the way? Well, it's, it's almost like a muscle, I think, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you can use it at times and you can find that, you know, when you speak your mind, I was always one to speak up, to have an opinion, to, um, I try to instill that in my kids, use your voice, it matters. I was the middle child. So, so maybe my mom encouraged that a little more where my voice mattered as much as my older sister or my younger sisters. So I think it's a process like anything else, you know, it's, it certainly has developed it definitely falters sometimes. And that's when you have to have that just show up, you got this, you know, trust the process. And then you can evolve after trusting the process to be the process and trust in yourself, like be the change you want to see. Just like you shared with me, MJ, when you started, there was not a podcast on women in dentistry. So you developed one, right? So be the change you want to see, be the process, trust that you can. Oh my gosh, did I go back to square one with all of that? Because, oh my gosh, when you don't know how to do something, right? You have to figure it all out, like every single step. Oh my gosh. And you just don't even know. And I can remember the first podcast I did, I thought my heart was going to just pop out of my chest. And now I I can do it without any preparation, obviously. But, you know, I, I just think that it's amazing how much we limit ourselves, first of all, and Mm -hmm. how much more we're capable of if we just allow ourselves. And it's okay to make mistakes. And it's okay not to get it the first time around, you'll get it, you just have to practice, just like practicing dentistry. 
Exactly. It, it, it's like a muscle, right? Yeah. <laughs> you got to work out that confidence muscle. Sarah Blakely um, was also a mentor of mine and she had an interesting post on LinkedIn that hit me it was one of her biggest fears was fear of embarrassment. And I thought that was so interesting because I was thinking about it. And sometimes that could be a, a bottom level, you know, think about it, especially now that we're on Facebook live and you're on Instagram live and everything. I think the ultimate fear may be down to being like embarrassed of some kind. So, so have fun with yourself. Life's too short. You know, if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. You know, if I think people like genuine, you know, that's the bottom line, be true to yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So what, tell us one thing somebody that people would be surprised to know about you. Music is a huge part of my life. I play piano by ear. I don't play well, but I can play anything. <laughs> you know? I'm good at a party. You know, <laughs> I can play by ear and I love to write songs. That's a huge talent being able to play by ear. I um, spent a fair amount of time in music when I was growing up and one of my best friends was, was a pianist and I used to love just sitting and watching her play every afternoon when she'd need to practice. But it just it always astonished me. She was so talented at it and I was okay, but I wasn't great. I'm definitely not talented. I'm capable, I'm capable, I guess. It's like, a, it's a weird talent. It's like, like, I don't think you would enjoy listening to me unless maybe you had two glasses of wine and then I could play a Beatles song. <laughs> That's okay. I'm, I'm sure I would still listen to you and okay. enjoy it. So how did you know that you could play if you just never had training? How did you know? Oh, because I always was drawn to it. I was always drawn to the piano. We're a very musical family. My father is actually um, a professional uh, pianist. My mom um, sold pianos and, and was a music minor. My son went to University of Michigan in the musical theater program. And he's in music. Like, it's throughout our our blood, all family gatherings, we sing, we harmonize, we, so it's just, it's part of my DNA. Very cool. I wanted to take lessons, but we couldn't afford it when I was little. So I just taught myself. There you go. There you go. Absolutely. Now, have you ever fantasized about doing lessons now? I mean, you're, you're putting yourself out there learning so many things. I don't so much about the lessons. I really think I just want to take more time for for what I can do as far as writing like I have that in my back pocket I want to write more and, and collaborate with my son who's very talented <laughs> you know I have a talent to write and maybe a dream of mine would be to collaborate a song with my son oh how exciting what a great thing to be able to do amazing absolutely it's a dream, <laughs> it's a dream. you know what that's okay I mean you put it out there in the universe and usually that's how the magic happens you put it out there and the magic just takes over so I see. Next question for you is, you know, one of the things that, that we know life brings us is obstacles. And, you know, is there something in your life that was an obstacle that you were really concerned about, afraid to overcome, but that you were successful in overcoming? Yeah, um, I actually wrote this in the Do Magazine about at my corporate job, I was actually fired from it, which was kind of a a shock, you know, to me. And, and I became, I opened up in the article, it took two years to do that, you know, so it wasn't more like a revenge piece. <laughs> it was really like my whole story of coming out of it. But when it first happened, you know, it was like just deep breaths, all of my, my quotes that I told you, I'd really focused in and, and listened to um, like Wayne Dyer and, and just some comforting, um, like you got this and, 
and just sat down and figured out what do I want to do with my life, with my talents, with what I what I've come to build. And that's when I started Airway Health Solutions and never looked back. You know, it became successful the first year. I feel like the timing was right. I feel like I had the right, you know, people behind me and, um, you know, never look back. But that, it's scary when you can't see the good ending, you know, <laughs> and you have to take that first step. You know, it's Martin Luther King Day. And he said, you know, faith is taking the first step where you can't see the whole staircase. That's the quote that really resonated with me the most today, because that first step is really scary. It is. And sometimes, you know, the lights on the car aren't on and it's a dark and foggy road and you just have to just drive a little bit and keep focused on the yellow line. One focus, you know, whatever that focus might be and you'll get there. You know, the journey starts with just, you know, putting it in drive. Absolutely. Wow. That's an amazing story. That's an amazing story. Thank you. But it, it comes full circle when um, you can then see that as, you know, everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. That was part of the process. Had I not gotten fired, I would have never have done Airway Health Solutions, you know, so it's that's the embrace the change, all of that, you know, all these cliches are cliches for a reason, because you're not alone. You know, this <laughs> everyone goes through these types of, of things, obstacles, whatever they may be. Absolutely. And they do make us better on the other side. I truly believe that. And, and you're right. I think everything does happen for a reason. And, you know, we're in the place that we're at at that moment in time, because that's where we're supposed to be. Yeah. And if anyone has a, if they're fired or with COVID now, they don't want to go back to clinical. I really encourage them to read that article on kind of finding help, a kind of like a roadmap to find and figure out what you want to do when you grow up, you know, <laughs> or your side hustle. Maybe you want that to be a you know, your, your main gig. Well, and that's one of the things that I, I'm a real big proponent of is, you know, if we're not in our chair, we're not making any money. I mean, that's just a given, right? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in a dentist and assistant or a hygienist. And many times, you know, as support staff and part of the team, you don't get bon uh, bonuses, you don't get, you know, vacation, you don't get anything but just the hourly wage. And so many, entrepreneurial minded um, men and women, you know, find a side hustle. And sometimes those become much, you're much more passionate about that because you're focusing in on something that you love. Mm -hmm. How did you navigate the business side? Is that something that you had a lot of experience with or did you seek out help? So it actually was um, a progression where I went from clinical to sales. So I was a sales rep for Align Technology for two years. And how I got corporate attention was because I wasn't selling, I was educating and I was getting the awards and I was getting, you know, the quotas and I was getting, they were like, what are you doing? <laughs> so it's interesting how the clinical then turned into business. And then I learned the business from me turning the clinical into business. Then I learned the business side. Actually, it was more like an internship, if you would, or an, an MBA working at a line. So I'm grateful for that experience. Uh, so I learned a lot of the business part from being in corporate. And um, the others, I just, I listened to webinars. I listened to, I read a lot. And a lot of it was just uh, networking. I had, you know, kind of a list here of networking is so important. You know, don't start things from scratch. See what other people are done and pay it forward. 
Absolutely. Great uh, advice. Um, I found that the number one piece missing for me when I started to put things together for even the podcast was the marketing piece. You know, it's so vast and the knowledge needs to be so comprehensive that, you know, Facebook, you know, Instagram, tweeting, you know, LinkedIn. Oh my gosh, where the heck do you start? I know, I know. And I think that one of my biggest learning pieces, and, and I'll share this with the audience just in case, has been that I don't, I don't need to know everything, but I need to know where to get the help. And, you know, on that side of things, while I understand it a little bit better now, I don't need to be the expert at it because my time is better spent doing other things that are much more, that I'm much more passionate about and that I'm much better at. And that's scary too, right? For me, I just, I just hired someone to help me with my social media marketing and all that. It, it was a, just December. It was a plunge for me to do that. You know, it's, um, we don't know what's around the corner. You don't know where the economy is going. You don't know if we're going to have closed downs. You just, you know, it's an unsettling time, but that's when you go back. The time is now, you know, just conquer those fears and things tend to fall into place. Manal Sampat was a, is a help was very helpful for me. I hired her as a coach when things got a little lucrative for me. So yes, I agree, you know, reach out, you know, we have fellow entrepreneurs. I know Jasmine Haley was on your show, you know, if you don't want to do what I did and kind of figure it out on my own, you know, um, in retrospect, I probably should have reached out to Jasmine, but you know, there's a comfort level too. Um, it's okay to do it your way. It might take a little bit longer, but you know, one day at a time, and then you'll get the pieces come together. And when it does, it's, it's kind of euphoric in a way <laughs> it's the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. I mean, there's definitely highs and lows. I actually wrote a song and it was funny because it was just a parody of, um, you know, nice piano music and then bum, 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 and then nice piano music and then bum, 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 bum. That's like the entrepreneurship song. And then at the end, you have a little ding, you know, it's like pleasant. <laughs> There's like a little hope. Well, I find that, that my journey um, these last past couple of years have, have been really eye-opening in making connections to you know, I do have an MBA, but, but that doesn't mean that I know everything there is to know about business, right? So yeah, I know how to structure things. I know what things mean. I know what kind of licenses I have to get. But it doesn't mean in today's world that's all virtual that you're going to have all the answers because you don't. And learning, I think I've learned more in the last two years than I have ever in my entire career because you just... Yeah. You're just yearning for more knowledge on different topics so you can just do it yourself or, or understand how the mechanics are working behind the scenes. In the article, in the fall edition, I do have um, like a toolbox if you wanted to get started of what I use. So um, there's a lot of free resources as well. So don't let that. Do you think of anything coming off the top of your head? There's a lengthy list, but um, I can certainly... Just share a couple. Just just certain software, you know, like investing in a calendar like Calendly or you can book me, um, you know, establish a limited liability company. You can do that with LegalZoom. Um, for me, Vistaprint was very helpful in just mm -hmm. creating a quick logo, um, G Suite, you know, just, just kind of like setting it up a virtual business 
and also then the Small Business Administration, they have free classes also, and they actually have free coaches. So if you needed that, that may be helpful. The Zoom, obviously, you know, professional Zoom account, I couldn't do my business without Zoom. And, um, you know, dom- domains like, like GoDaddy, just get, get a name. So I kind of have it in order so you can kind of like map it out. And then just the emotional part to it, I mapped out, you know, the perseverance and having patience and networking and, and just trying to find your, your passion and take it from there. Awesome. Great advice. Any last minute advice you want to share in addition? Follow your gut. That's the bottom line. If you have that nagging feeling where, you know, that word should, <laughs> the should is kind of like, kind of gets you to a next level. Listen, listen to your voice and honor that and sit with it for a little bit and see where it could go. And what I would say is imagine what you could do if you couldn't fail. And then imagine what you could do if you couldn't fail. And then imagine if you won the lottery, like what would you do if money or fear wasn't in the way? And that's usually, you can kind of uncover your calling or what your next journey wants to be. I will tell you that 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 is absolutely on point because if you can visualize it, it can become a reality. And um, I have talked to others about the same thing and it's important. It's important to see where you want to go and to know that you can get there. Mm -hmm. Lauren, thank you so much for being with me today. It was my pleasure to have you on the show. And if somebody needs to get in touch with you and um, how can they reach you? Sure. You can reach me um, at lauren at laurengates.com. It's spelled G-U-E-I-T-S or it's probably easier to remember info at airwayhealthsolutions.com. My website is airwayhealthsolutions.com. Learn about what we offer and how we teach doctors to become airway dentists. And we also have team training as well. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. And thanks for having these podcasts. It's really day brighteners and and what a wonderful idea to, I wish I had these podcasts when I was younger. So do I. <laughs> so thank you for being that change that you wanted to see. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to the Women in Dentistry podcast with Dr. MJ Hanlon. If you like our show and want to know more about us, check out our website, thewomenindentistry.com or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us for our next episode as we bring you another amazing woman leading the way for the next generation.